We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Lots more NBA news to dive into today. Quick reminder, tomorrow's game three for Celtics versus Warriors. We will be live over on playback during the game, so you can come directly talk hoops with us. going to be a lot of fun. I'll put the link in the description down below over on the NBA front office YouTube channel. Once again, we'll be over there chatting hoops, and you can watch the game directly with us. You can view our stream and uh, and we'll have a good time watching watching the game. A stressful game for, for Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. You guys can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Keith, it, does it feel like it's too long between games at this point for you? It, it's, um, I'm there for I'm there personally, but where are you at? Yeah, there's a big part of me that says no because the Celtics being the the dogs are in the background. So you guys will get to see them today. Um, <laughs> they uh, it's um. There's guys on the Celtics who need this time. Uh, Rob Williams and Al Horford, uh, in particular, um, really need need that that time off, that 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 downtime, that recovery time. Um, so, no, for those reasons. But yeah, it takes forever for the next game to get here, especially coming off a loss. Right, you kind of want to just get right back out there, especially a loss like that. And it's like, oh gosh. And then like thinking tomorrow. You know, wait all the way till 9 p.m. Eastern as well. So it's like another like it's almost like there's like three days off by the time mm-hmm. you finally get to the actual game again, which for the quality of the game, probably a good thing, yeah. right? For the, for the NBA, from the NBA's perspective, just the overall quality of the game. But for us, it feels like it's a lifetime because we've gone we've been going since October. Basically, every other night there's a game, right? So it's uh it feels a little bit weird having to wait like this for the next game. You mentioned Rob Williams. You know, we didn't actually talk about this, but Marcus Smart fell into his knee. What's the problem? I mean, he was already dealing with knee knee issues. When that happened, I went, oh no. I didn't look to see what's what's the prognosis with him now. And nothing. They said he's fine from that. Okay. No, no issues Good. from that at all. Everything he's dealing with is the same, same stuff, which is just the general soreness from the surgery he had late in the regular season and, you know, kept him out for the early part of the playoffs. And then the, um, the bone bruise that he suffered on top of kind of that healing, but uh, when he collided with Giannis in the second round. So that is, uh, you know, that's going to be something that they've basically said at this point, 
it's that's going to be there for the rest of the year. Um, there's there's a belief he can't do any kind of further damage by playing, and he'll be uh, questionable day to day for every game. The one that's going to be key is game four because there is only one day off in between game three and four. Um, so they play Wednesday, then they're off Thursday, then they play again Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is you know a little uh, uh, yeah we'll we'll see you know how he recovers from that and if he can uh, bounce back because that was giving him a little bit of trouble when he had the extra days. Um, he was generally okay. So so we'll we'll see. That might be you know if things are going one way or the other, you may see his minutes shortened again because he only played 14 minutes in game two because yeah. there was really no reason to run him back out there with did once things got out of hand. Do you think, I mean, is there a strategic advantage to having him not on the floor as well? I mean, especially when you're getting this kind of gimpy version, like he looks, it looks like labored for him to be moving around out there on the floor. Are the Celtics at a point where you're, you're probably more efficient in the minutes when he's not on the floor? Um, Sometimes, but then you see like he, he looks like he can barely move and then he's, you know, sending Steph layups into the third. Yeah. Right. It's like, like almost kind of like how, like, is that like a thing? And then, then there was a play where he went up, I blocked somebody's shot, but then he very clearly didn't want to land on his Uh left leg at all. And that's not great. His verticality around the rim has definitely been affected. Uh, some his rebounding has not been as good. Um, and he's normally a pr- pretty good about getting his, you know, hands on the ball when it's coming off the glass. So, yeah, th- there's something to that. But you know, if he can be effective, which he was largely in in game uh, game one, then I think you you run him out there. But I I, I would expect to see Ime Udoka maybe have a shorter leash with him. We may see more Grant Williams. Um, you know, Celtics fans will lose their mind if there's more Daniel Tice. Um, so that, that's probably not going to be uh, too big of an option. But, yeah, if you could go to Grant Williams more and then just go to the small lineups with uh, Peyton Pritchard and Derek White more often, then I think you'll be fine. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about Game 3 uh, tomorrow for, for tomorrow's show. But let's get into some of our news around the NBA. Uh, Kyrie Irving potentially returning to the Brooklyn Nets, according to a recent story in the New York Post. I'm saying it's likely that he's going to going to come back. Even mentioned maybe some sort of uh, unlikely in, in incentive contract here. So let's talk a little bit about this because we've heard rumblings that you know the Nets they don't want necessarily to give Kyrie another max contract. Particularly don't want to commit to too many years. And you know there's reasons for this. And we saw Nike take the same approach. But now we're getting this report that he will probably be back, but there'll be some unlikely incentives in that contract. So how would all this break down? What would this look like if Kyrie's back with the Nets? Yeah, let's start with the idea of unless he left and it was some kind of sign and trade, the Nets can't replace him, really. Right. I mean, they, they they actually could if they let him go and then they wiped away all their other uh, cap holds and free agents. Then they're, they're left with kind of be KD and Joe Harris and not much else. And they would be able to do uh, some salary-wise. Mm-hmm. But that's clearly... That's not where this summer's headed. At least, you know, it doesn't look like it. Um, so yeah, what what happens? Um, so let's kind of rewind back to when they initially signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, one of the things that the Nets did was they put in um in order to fit all those contracts in. Um, one of the things that they did was they put in unlikely incentives, but they were unlikely incentives that were easily attainable. And if you remember, both Kyrie and KD, you knew KD was coming off what was going to be a lost season due to injury. He wasn't going to play that first year. And Kyrie's um, incentives that were put in were, it was things like, 
all right, you need to average, you know, 4.1 rebounds per 36 minutes. And the year before he averaged 4.0. So it's like, grab like two more rebounds and you're good. Right, and then yeah. what they, exactly. So, so what happens is because the cap number you know, on a contract is your salary plus like incentives. That's what your cap number is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you get your base plus whatever your likely incentives are. What makes an incentive likely or unlikely? It's, it's very, very simple. Did it happen the year before or did it yep. not? So that that's it. It's that simple. Um, we've also seen the Denver Nuggets use this with Nikola Jokic and his initial uh, re-signing with them when it looked like, mm-hmm. wow, they got him actually under a max deal. Well, kind of. They, they played games with the cap, which is what you should do. It's very smart, mm-hmm. you know, cap management. But they made it so like, hey, do this one super simple achievable thing. Like get one more rebound the entire season and then you'll be, you know, where you need to be. The Celtics did this with Jalen Brown as well. His, uh, his contract came in under and then if he achieves his, uh, you know, incentives, he'll move up. The key with incentives is it's not like the NFL where you can do like a $1 million base salary and then yeah. incentives or, you know, a million dollars per game played. Incentives in the NBA can only make up as much as 15% of whatever the max number is that, that a player can reach. So, so if it's, you know, $10 million uh, contract that you can only have, you could only have $1.5 million on top of that. So, so that's the, the, the challenge with that. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's not a, you know, super uncommon thing to do um but but that's how i think the nets protect themselves as much as possible because i don't think Kyrie's is going to want to get into the situation where there's non-guaranteed money on the back end or there is uh, anything along the lines of a team option or anything like that he's not going to want to give the team that much power is that enough if you're the nets like i'm thinking 15 percent. if Kyrie decides midway through the season hey i don't feel like playing basketball anymore like is that yeah. is fifteen percent enough protection really for the Brooklyn Nets when you've got a guaranteed what maybe four year deal with Kyrie? Yeah. Now here's the thing: if Kyrie you know, said, "Hey, I'm going to hop on one of Elon Musk's spaceships and I'm off right. to I, that, get the moon," I, that was a bad example. Yeah, but that but would if, avoid it, obviously. But yeah, correct. but if he just did one of these, like, "Hey, I need a month off," and then right. like you know starts like turning into like, "Hey, where's Kyrie? Like, what's going on with this?" Yeah, you're not super well protected there because you know. Yeah, fine. He's not going to meet his incentives, but you're talking, you know, $3 million, $4 million, probably where the amount of money he's making. So that's not, that's not a huge, huge amount, right? You're, you're kind of stuck on that point. So yeah, I, I, and I hate to be this flippant with an answer, but I don't think it matters. (laughs) I think it's, it doesn't matter if it's enough or not. It's going to have to be what they do because they're not going to, you know, piss Kevin Garnett off. So much that he Durant. says, Durant. forget it, right? So Gar- Garnett but, might be mad too. Oh, we don't, we don't know. He t- yeah, he, he can Kevin get, Durant. He, he can get a little bit testy sometimes, but but yeah, in this Kevin case, Durant. Durant, yeah, the other Kevin, the other very good uh, all time top seventy five Kevin. <laughs> Who knows? Kevin Kevin Garnett might be angry about Kyrie somewhere. I don't I don't know. That could be a thing. <laughs> Something yes. tells me they would not have gotten along as teammates. <laughs> but. I mean, with Kyrie, this, these incentives, and we talked about this a little before we came on here, the way this is going to be packaged, the way this is going to be put out, and this is just you know predicting or seeing into the future, <laughs> if this is the path they go down where it's a max deal but 15% is in uh, you know, unlikely incentives, 
it's going to be presented as a four-year max deal. That's what we will initially hear, and it won't be, Keith, until you put it on spot track or something like that, that we find out that that, uh, that those protections are in there because, of course, that's what Kyrie and his and every, everybody's going to want to hear or he's going to want everybody to hear, hey, he got a max deal. And this isn't just a Kyrie thing. This is an every, you know, every player does this. It's a max deal. We got all this, but oh, no, wait, there's all this, this other kind of stuff that's kind of important in here that makes it so it might not quite actually be a max deal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, you're also going to hear too. Um, you're going to hear a lot about an extension. Mm-hmm. It, this is still more likely, I believe, that he opts out and resigns versus um, signing any kind of extension or anything like that. I, I don't think it's going to be a true extension um, that he signs. Some people have said maybe he opts in and then extends off that. I mean, it's pos- It's certainly possible. Um, and I say it all the time with Kyrie Irving: don't rule anything out because anybody who tells you they know exactly what he's going to do is you know wrong. He just doesn't. That's not how he. Opts operates he doesn't operate through uh the media that way or through people that way he doesn't really send those indications himself and as it stands today he's the one who uh for about another two three weeks he controls all he has all the power here because he has the player option once it's out of that then it's you know him in the nets uh you know we're a lot more on equal footing as far as you know where they want to go with the next deal but yeah my guess is you know for what most casual fans will care about Kyrie Irving will be playing basketball for the Brooklyn Nets next year. Yeah, most likely that's, that's where we're going to land. And that's, you know, it, it makes sense from the Nets perspective. Uh, and then they just kind of got to hope that everything works out that, uh, that he's available for more games, certainly than he was this year. Uh, let's head down South. Let's go to Miami. Duncan Robinson talked a little bit about getting benched. Um, I mean, he said not playing. It sucks. Yep. And it's pretty, pretty true. So yeah. Duncan Robinson, he went uh, regular season. He played this season. He averaged 26 minutes per game. Uh, playoffs. Let's see. Let me see if I can find his playoff averages this season. Bottom line, he didn't, he didn't play very much at all in the last you series. You flip it on basketball reference, right? Yeah. Uh, right on that main player. Okay. It's just the second tab. So let's see. He right. was... 25.9 in the regular season and then in the playoffs 12.2 so i mean that's yeah and, and yeah. he had a lot of games where he just didn't play yeah he only played well. in 13 playoff games for miami right so yeah. 
what do we think of Miami does with him? I mean, he's still got quite a while under contract. Yeah. What, it I is. Mean, what happens here? Yeah. So let, let's 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 put those numbers out there. Let me, let me just get to them in my sheet here. He's got uh going forward four years, $74 million. Now his last year is only nine. It's 19.888 million and it's only 9.888 guaranteed. So they could save 10 million off of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking at a minimum then three years and, and 60, Four million dollars um, that he's guaranteed. Uh, you know that's a you know a lot of money, right? Um, you know there because you know that's 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 tough. Now I have said this over and over again: if Duncan Robinson gets back to being the elite shooter that he was, mm -hmm. um, then you're fine, especially in the regular season. You you can play him. Um, you know it's but he slipped. He went from forty five percent two years ago in really kind of his first year. Cause that first year with Miami, he was a late season call up then 41% in 2021 and then 37% this year. And his volume fell off a little bit, which is to be you know expected because his playing time fell off a little sure. bit, but he only shot 39% overall from the field, or I guess 40 if we're rounding. He was at 44 and 47 uh, the years before that. So that's just not, I mean, that's enough of a slip where you start looking at it and you start saying, all right, where, where is this going? Mm -hmm. um, I always, I kind of use right the, the Kyle, Kyle Corver corollary here, right? I'll call it that. Um, where <laughs> if you're shooting 45 to 50% from three, you can find your way onto the floor for right. 15, 20 minutes per game because you're going to bend the floor when you're out there. Um, you're shooting 37%. That's not, I mean, that's not bad, but that's not no, special. That's fine. Right. right. That's not, that, that's nothing special there. And then in the playoffs, I mean, you saw it in the, the Celtics heat series, the, the handful of uh, minutes he got, especially while Tyler hero was out during that series, Boston went right at him and it, it, you know, he, he, he would have been needing to knock down, you know, four or five, three pointers every night to just you know make up for what he gave back on the other end of the floor so can they find a trade for him yeah probably somebody's always looking for shooting um but that's a lot of money you know the heat are good at getting what they need and getting out of contracts if they need to but you know 16.9 million next year 18.1 19.4 i don't know that's, that's a lot that's, yeah that's pretty questionable so someone will bite my guess is what happens is whether it's this off season, in season, or next off season, he is a addition to a bigger trade, and whatever team acquires him, then kind of sells it as, "Hey, we got one of the best shooters in the NBA to come in and help with whatever," or he gets spun off to a third team in a deal where you know if it's a, a team's kicking off a rebuild or something. But yeah, that's that's tough. But you know, I mean, and the flip side, I don't blame him. And and let's be very clear too: this was on his own podcast, right? And he wasn't complaining. He was just saying it. It sucks to not play. Like, and and if you've ever played basketball, you I think you agree with him. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. That's not him saying I I hate the organization. I'm demanding a trade. You know, this isn't exactly. him being dramatic. He's just saying, "Hey, I I would rather be playing." You know, I mean, that's it's kind of a uh, of course, right? Of course, he'd rather be playing. But I do you think we're at a point where if Miami wanted to move him, they've got to give up stuff 
to to get off that contract. Now, if you weren't combining him with something else, like you weren't combining yeah, him in, in a bigger deal, if you were just trying to shed that salary, a team's not just going to come along and say, "Oh, sure, we'll we'll take Duncan Robinson for a, a second rounder or something like that." Like there, you're going to need to attach some sort of significant asset in order to just move this contract. Yeah, I think so. I think um, generally it's kind of the going rate has been uh, one first round pick for every twenty million in bad salary. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying because it's, you know, 60 million in bad salary, you know, if we're even there that they're getting three first round picks, that's insane. Um, But if you kind of looked at it and said, yeah, we can get off it with, you know, one bad first round pick because Miami's first first usually aren't very good um, because they're generally a very good team. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you could do, you know, all right, hey, we got two seconds, or you know what? Oh, you really like, uh, you know, player X who you think is pretty good, young player. Or we'll throw him in the deal, or something like that. Maybe, maybe it goes, you know, along that way. But you know, the bigger picture, which is this, is I think a good place to transition to this. We're hearing a lot about the Heat, right? And Donovan Mitchell and Bradley Beal yep. and Zach Levine, and you know, because the I've said it before, the Heat are like Lakers East, right? They're going to be, um, you know, mentioned on everybody because they they're they're aggressive and they tend to get in on all the stars. But start looking at what the Heat have to give up. It's not real good. They don't have a lot of their own picks going forward, um, and their contract situations are kind of ugly. Um, you know, with some of these guys, it's, you got to start to wonder like, are they regretting it all with the Kyle Lowry? Deal yeah. that they gave up. Um, yeah, where where are we at with this? Like Bam out of bio, Jimmy Butler, those guys are fine. Um, you know, and you know, maybe Butler's deal at the end uh, with the new extension looks bad at the end, but that's you deal with that later. Um, but for now, he's fine. Bam out of bio's fine. Tyler Hero's still at steel because he's only on his rookie deal, but that's only got a year left, and then he right. needs a new contract. So it's uh yeah, and you got extension talks with him this summer. It Hey, my, my guess is this might be kind of the last chance of making a big swing for the Heat for a while before you kind of get a lock in and say, all right, this is our roster for the next few years. Well, and if we're talking about stacking up salaries to go get somebody, let's say you want to go get Zach Levine, who's going to be at $36 million. Let's say you want to go get Bradley Beal, somebody like that, right? Kyle Lowry, just shy of $30 million this coming season and the season after. I don't think teams are going to be clamoring to get that deal. Tyler Hero, okay, sure. Yeah, there, there might you. There's going to be teams out there that would say, you know what, Tyler Hero, what was he, 25 and five, something like that, 20, good stats off the bench. Um, there's a team out there that would say, sure, we'll trade for Tyler Hero and we'll be willing to extend him. But is there a team out there that will say, we love Tyler Hero, we want him, we want to pay him the amount he wants, and we're willing to eat Duncan Robinson's salary in order to do it because that's what we need in salary matching. That's the reality I think the Heat are really staring down. Now, again, not every team is going to be in that, that situation. Some teams might just have cap space. You know, there's different sure. scenarios out there. But in general, trying to make a move and trying to stack up enough salaries to make it work, knowing that Duncan Robinson has probably got to be the piece that's in there with Tyler Hero to get mm-hmm. something back, that's tough because that I think that takes away a lot of the value that you'd be getting for Tyler Hero. Yeah, exactly. No, you're you're, you're spot on with that. And then I I, I was um, going to pull it up and then I get distracted because the Celtics put out their injury report. It's Robert Williams again, the only player uh, for game three. Um, but so this is, I was saying, right, Miami's pick situations. It's a little, little messy uh, going forward. So uh, Miami um, is, uh, they have, they have their own pick this year. Then the next two years, because remember, this is really important. 
they owed a pick to Oklahoma City, and they, in a very what at the time was a very minor trade, um, where they they sent um, uh, shoot, this is gonna KZ Akpala. I knew I'd get there. Oh, they right, sent right, right. KZ Akpala at uh-huh. the trade deadline to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who then waived Akpala in his salary. The reason they did that trade, though, was they also kicked OKC a, an additional second round pick just to change the protections on the pick that the Heat owed them because then that freed them up to move a pick this that this draft or next year or wherever. So they still owe a pick to OKC, but now that pick moves to 2025. It's 1-14, to the Heat keep it, so in the lottery, or 15-30, to 30, it goes to OKC, or it's completely unprotected in 2026. Mm-hmm. But they did that little move at this past trade deadline with KZ Akpala to free up the ability to move a pick without having the whole step in rule come in. So that's really important to know because if you're Miami, you're looking to be aggressive, like you said, in the next year or so with your draft picks, because that's going to be how, to your point, you're going to have to plus up any offer that has Robinson in it because you just don't have it in terms of players to, to plus up to add into that uh, package as an outgoing group. Right. Speaking of some of the names that are out there, uh, you mentioned you know, Zach Levine as being a name out there. Brad the Beal, another one. Let's shift to another team that is interested in landing these players. Brad the Beal, Zach Levine targets potentially for the Blazers. I said this the other day. I think just about every name that's out there that's going to be on the market is going to get connected with the Blazers this year because mm-hmm. everybody knows that they're going to be a buyer on the market. Everybody knows that they want to add pieces right now to put alongside Damian Lillard. So, this is not going to be the end of the list, and I know it's not. There's already other names out there, but I'm expecting a lot of players to get connected to the Blazers. I don't think Bradley Beal is actually going to be on the move, but he's a name that's, until he is long-term signed up with the Washington Wizards, he's going to continue to be a name that's out there. Exactly. <laughs> even after that. And even after. People, people will still be trying to find yeah. a way. Unless but- the Wizards are magically winning championships every year. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> the, wizard, the Wizards magically? Well, they are Wizards. It's true. Maybe they can figure out a way to get You're a wizard, Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I knew there was a Harry Potter joke in there somewhere, but uh, you found Nailed it. Well it. done. <laughs> well done. Uh, Zach Levine. I don't, I, again, I, I think Zach Levine stays in Chicago. We've been saying that for a while. The Blazers could be a landing spot for him. But when I look at stuff like this, I just say, yep. And so is everybody else. Everybody is going to be yeah. rumored to be to the going to the Blazers at some point in the next, what, five weeks or whatever that we've got of this free agency frenzy. 
Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, until you know, we know what direction they're going, whether that's, you know, we're going to use cap space or we're going to stay over the cap, even over the cap, we may still see, you know, the, you know, guys mentioned like that. But yeah, I mean, Zach Levine raises my eyes a little bit because he did um, live in Washington um, or grew up in Washington. Uh, I believe he still has a home there. At least he, he did during the pandemic. Cause that's when, uh, during the uh, famous horse, uh, showdown oh, yeah. that was a uh, thing. His oh, was he, he infamous from, is the word infamous. Yeah, infamous. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he filmed from uh, from his uh, you know compound in Washington somewhere where you know he had a pretty cool setup. He had a nice court. He had a mm -hmm. batting cage. It looked like you know soccer goals, all sorts of fun stuff. But anyway, that one raises my eyebrows a little bit because well, maybe he does want to return uh, back to the Pacific Northwest. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just you know. It's we're going to keep hearing guys thrown to Portland. I mean, this just in the last few days, it's been Beal, Levine, Miles Bridges, John Collins, Jeremy yep. Grant for months now. Like it's, you know, this is going to con continue you know, for a while. Speaking of Jeremy Grant, let's wrap up with this. The Hawks are targeting Jeremy Grant potentially out there on the trade market, and they do have a number of pieces to trade. And if you want to check another box, they also have the motivation to make some big things happen and to shake things up. They were very disappointed with the way their season played out, particularly after how well they did the previous season. And so they are ready to mix them some things up with this current group. Um, they've got a, a mid-round pick. They've got, what, 16 or so, I think it was, mm -hmm. uh, in the draft. So you could potentially put that on the market uh, to the Pistons in exchange for Jeremy Grant and then throw in some, you know, some players, and not players who are necessarily throwing players, but – You've got contracts that are movable. You've got wing players. You've got like a like a Kevin Herter, uh, players of that nature that you could potentially go and try to get a Jeremy Grant with. Do you think Jeremy Grant is the kind of guy, though, that's going to move the needle enough for for the Hawks? Like, is that the piece? They, like, if you take a couple of their wing depth guys and maybe their first rounder and you swap that stuff out for Jeremy Grant, how much better does that make the Hawks next year? Yeah, I don't think much. That's, that's my challenge you know, with this. Yeah, I, I like John Collins better than Jeremy Grant on the mm -hmm. offensive end. I like uh, DeAndre Hunter uh, probably close to as much on the defensive end. I get, that one's probably maybe still a little bit more in theory, um, but it's going to cost you guys, and that's the the, the challenge, right? Is um, And then it's it, it, my sticking point with Jeremy Grant is going to continue to be too. Then you got to pay him the contract extension. That's right. Otherwise, you traded a bunch of stuff for a guy who's going to leave. Now, if it's the trade deadline and he's somehow still on the Pistons, and it's like, yeah, we need one more switchy forward, go again. That will put us in the title chase. And then who cares if he leaves? Yeah, you make the deal because you're trying to win a win a championship. But if you're just, you know, yeah, let's let's go, let's let's make the you know trade now. I, I don't know. My guess would be if I was the Hawks, the way I would want to do this is. I would guarantee whatever it takes of Gallinari's salary, mm -hmm. give the 16th pick. And if they need something else, throw something else in there and go, you know, if they, if the Pistons wanted Jalen Johnson from last sure. year's draft or something um, to look at, then, you know, throw him in there and then, you know, off we go. Um, I would not trade uh, Bogdanovich, Herder, Hunter, or Collins in a deal for Jeremy Grant, unless I had other stuff lined up. Cause I think you're just, you're you're kind of moving the deck chairs around a little bit, right? You're not uh you're you're creating holes one place that while you fill holes somewhere else. And I just don't know that that's what you know where I really want to be. And here's the thing, there a lot of the teams that we talk about as landing spots for Jeremy Grant, we say, Okay, yeah, I mean, they need help on the wing. 
the Hawks have depth on the wing. Mm -hmm. they, they've got that already. So let, let's say you do what you're proposing, right? You, you swap out essentially, right? In terms of guys who are eating up major minutes, you're trading Danilo Gallinari, you're trading your pick, uh, Jalen Johnson. But of the guys who are actually playing minutes, it's Gallinari for, for Jeremy Grant. And you already have Bogdanovich. You already have Hunter. You already have Herter. So you've got these wings that can all do that stuff. Again, I don't think this is as big of a needle mover specifically for the Hawks as it is for a lot of other teams who need mm -hmm. the kind that kind of wing depth. So, and, and that doesn't mean that I think oh the Hawks need an upgrade at point guard certainly, or even you know at center where they've sure. got they've got Capella in there. But I just don't know that that skill set is really what it was that was preventing them from getting where they they wanted to go. It, I mean, there's question marks. Is Jeremy Grant this this wing stopper still? Can he be that guy? Because we saw him be a lot more offensive focused in Detroit. So I just, maybe it works, but I'm just not convinced that this is the piece that writes the ship for, for Atlanta. Now, if I'm the Hawks and I'm doing kind of the, the big move, I'm doing a really big, like yeah. I want to go try to get Rudy Gobert yeah. or something like that. And, you know, we're trying to bring him in and say, all right, you know what? We're going to fix our defensive issues by fine. When you blow by, Trey Young on the perimeter, Gobert's there. He's ready for you at the rim. Um, you know, does that maybe cause you some issues down the line in the postseason? Yeah, maybe. But you figure that out. You can sort through that. Um, you know, down the line, I don't think Gobert is the guy who's been played off the floor quite as much. So, yeah, I, I don't. Um, I'm trying to do something big if I'm the Hawks. Versus, this is a this would be a nice move. But to your point, who is he a clear upgrade over? In your current rotation, he's better than DeAndre Hunter. Don't like I don't want to get too sure, far right. down the path, but is he better than DeAndre Hunter when he's getting paid twenty five to twenty eight million dollars a that's year after next season? Uh, that part I don't know about. Um, that's yeah. where you know I'm, I'm not entirely sure because then you're turning into right, and I just I don't think he's a better player than John Collins, especially not in the Hawks system. The Hawks. Offense functions at its best and its highest level when Trey Young has the ball a lot um, and initiates just about everything, and then guys work off of him. Grant, need, he's now kind of evolved into a player. He wants touches. He wants to be the guy with some of the offenses run through, and you start to really you, – you can upset your ecosystem there. So I'm just not sure I, I would – you know, go go that direction. Go go bigger if you're Atlanta. Think think much bigger. Go you know go after not bigger necessarily in stature. Although I know I threw Gobert out there, but think bigger trade. I'm going. You know, I'll trade you Collins and another guy and push all in. Let's flip this real quick to Detroit. Do they need to move Jeremy Grant this summer? Are, are they kind of are we at that point? If they wait, I mean, if they wait till the trade deadline and he's going to be a free agent next summer, I'd have to imagine the offers probably aren't going to get better than what they see mm -hmm. this offseason. So are, are we at a point now where they're kind of at a crossroads? You either have to move him or just decide, you know what, we're probably going to hang on to him. Yeah, I think you need to do one or two. Your, your kind of your conversation point on Jeremy Grant is if we don't trade him now, are we still saying, all right, he has a part, he has a chance to be a part of our future beyond this next yes. season? Because otherwise, what you've done is if if you if you move him, what happens in that situation is you run into a spot where now you've you let's say you didn't like the offers this summer, you got to give him minutes, right? Because you have to play him. This isn't yeah. a 
a Ben Simmons situation or James Harden situation or a guy who was injured situation where it's like they'll still retain all their value not playing. Um, So you got to play them. And then you're looking at it as, well, now we just invested half a season in a guy who's really just we're trying to boost his trade value. Like that's not to me, that's questionable when it could be if you trade them now over the summertime, it is. Now we get guys in, we see how they look next yep. to Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart and those kind of guys. So, yeah, I would try to get it done now, you know, for like meaning anytime now between now and the beginning part of free agency, just to, to get it done and move on. And then, you know, all right, now we're, we're building with what we're building with moving forward. I think the Pistons and probably rightly looked at the situation this last trade deadline and said, what does it hurt us to wait until the summer? The offers in the summer will probably be about the same as the offers. Now, maybe we luck out and they get better. Somebody really needs what we've got. It's a very limited free agent market out there, especially mm-hmm. on the wings. Maybe we can get somebody to overpay in the summer. At the very least, we'll probably get the same amount we would right now. But I don't yeah. think you can say that about this coming trade deadline. So I think yeah. now we're at that that point where they've if they're going to move him, it's it's time to move him within the next five, six weeks here. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make it happen now. I just, I don't want to see them hold on to him. Play, and and this is, it's starting to trend into the territory where people are like, man, Keith hates Jeremy Grant. That's not the case. (laughs) I like him. I just, I don't. I don't like his fit in Detroit currently. I, I think there's a lot of better places where he could be, you know, filling the need for, for a lot of teams that it could really help, um, you know, maybe take the next step, you know, there while the Pistons then, you know, really reset and rebalance everything uh, going forward. So, you know, I, I, I'm with you. Like, get, get it done sooner rather than later uh, so that way you can move forward with building out whatever your roster is going to be. And Detroit's got that potential. I, I did a, a – uh, the Pistons Pulse podcast with um mm-hmm. um uh, it's Amari Sankofa and gosh I can't think of Bryce's last name Bryce I am so sorry because I know he's a dedicated front office listener um but he's at Motor City Hoops on Twitter I know that's his Twitter account um but I did the, the podcast with, with those two guys it was a lot of fun and one of the things that I said is if I'm Detroit one of the things I'm considering with my cap space if I'm not going all in on like a DeAndre Ayton kind of move or something. I might pick off some of the second tier, third tier players in free agency and say, hey, you want 10 million when the guy might be a $7 million player, but you want 10 million for one year, you know, and go get two, three, four of those guys. Right. And, you know, give them all, hey, we'll give you, you know, two, three million more than what anybody else is offering. Build out your depth around your kids. Then your kids still play because these veterans are coming in knowing, hey, I'm here for one year to kind of show what I can do. And maybe you become that team that takes that Cavs like jump. And you you push toward towards a playoff spot or something like that. That's that's a strategy that I think can can work quite well. I almost equate it back to remember when Philly um, when they were trying to push in, they signed JJ Redick to that massive one year contract. Uh-huh. And it was like, whoa, like yep. JJ Redick. And it was like turned out to be exactly what they needed, and it really helped lift them. I think mm-hmm. Detroit could probably pull that off with a handful of those second, third tier guys, and maybe one or two of them pops, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, now we got them, and we can bring them back next year, and you know, continue this this uh, growth curve here in Detroit because I'm excited about what they're building. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's it. That's an interesting idea too, because if you're that guy that's taking that contract, you get that big one-year deal, and then conceivably you hit the free agent market again when there's more money out there. This is going to be mm-hmm. a tough summer. There's not a lot of yep. money out there. There's not a lot of players out there either. Yeah. There's just not a lot of money out there to spend. Um, so that might make some sense for some of these Mm -hmm. guys to say, you know what, give me one year and then, uh, let's, you know, things might look a little sunnier next, next, uh, next July. And then we'll, we'll go for that. Yep. Absolutely. That that's, that's the thought process around it. You know, you you get your payday, still going to be plenty of minutes in Detroit. They've got a lot of rotation spots to fill. So you're going to get plenty of minutes, you know, you can help a young team along and then, you know, we, we, we keep it moving and into, to the next year. So. Yeah, that's it's just one strategy versus throwing, you know, fifteen million dollars at a guy just to kind of get him for three yeah. or four years. And that sometimes those those mid-range deals, we kind of talked about it with Duncan Robinson, those ones can end up cap cloggers. And then then you're right. in trouble. And you're kind of in a spot where uh now I get a couple of these that you know I got I just now I gotta work around them. And I don't really want to be doing that. All right. Well, Keith. A contrast in two shows. Yesterday, it felt like we had so much to get through, <laughs> and it took yeah. us it took us almost an hour. This show, it went. We only really have like four or five main main topics, and it took us about forty minutes because we get to go so much further in depth when there's not quite yep. as as much out there. So I enjoy both styles of shows: the rapid hey. fire, tons of news to get through, <laughs> and then going and getting to dig a little deeper on shows like like this one. Before the Celtics played the Miami Heat in Game Seven, Derek White said, "If it was easy, it wouldn't be us. If it was twenty-minute show, it wouldn't be us." That's right. <laughs> right That's right. Phrase. We the the running joke just kind of peeked behind the curtains here is if Keith and I ever say before a show, <laughs> "Oh, we don't have too much to talk about today. This should be a yeah. quick one." That just just guarantee we're going to go for forty-five minutes to an hour, yeah. and that's that's just it's what's going to happen. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, everybody. Well, appreciate all of you who who join us on a on a daily basis. Um, again, can't thank you all so much. You guys have been absolutely fantastic, and love all the support we are getting into the crazy time of the year. So make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications. And of course, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, make sure you do follow us there. Over on Apple Podcasts, give us that five-star rating and review. We really do appreciate it. Great way to help out the show and very, very easy. It takes about 20 seconds of your time. So would really appreciate that as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.